close your eyes and I'll kiss you tomorrow I'll miss you remember I'll always be true and then while I'm away I'll write home every day and I'll send all my loving to you Hello, welcome to Bard Talk. I'm Josh. Let's get some laundry done real up front. Today is Thursday, April 9th, and my podcast usually comes out Wednesday. I cannot apologize enough. I started recording yesterday, and I had an issue, um, a personal one, a life thing that kind of popped up like right in the middle of recording it, and it just kind of crippled me for the day. So I'm okay. Physically, I'm okay. It just kind of prevented me from getting this out yesterday. And I do apologize for the people that support me. I do feel horrible, like I failed you in some way. But uh, yeah, let's uh, press on from that. So here we are, Thursday, April 9th. And I have some good news. <clears throat> Some news that I think is just worth sharing real quick before I get into the meat of what I'm going to talk about today. The, uh, the CDC and my state government brought out some good news. Um, so, as it turns out, the states are all experiencing peaks of this virus at different points, but at least in my state, they seem to be peaking earlier than what they thought. Uh, the Department of Health in my state has released a, a statement saying basically they think more people have it than what they had originally estimated their tests are showing that model to be true they think we're gonna peak within the next week or two at the very most and then we're gonna be on the downside of this um, I've seen a lot of estimates that even for the whole country they're kinda looking at maybe a June 1st being able to lift a lot of the restrictions and get us back to moving around and 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 I don't think it's going to be a light switch I don't see that I think it's going to be a gradual warm-up to going back to the way business is done but I find that really encouraging everybody loves seeing a light at the end of the tunnel right the other thing um, is that because more people are are testing positive with it than what they had expected the mortality rate is going to go down so this is going to on paper look like a less lethal form than what they had originally projected and finally they are collecting the plasma of people who have survived or recovered from this and that's going to be what I think really brings us out of this. Um, I, in my last podcast, I talked about how they create vaccines um, by usually deciphering the RNA of the virus and trying to figure out what pathogens and antibodies like it. Um, but there's kind of two ways to go about an actual vaccine, and that's to synthesize the virus or get a live version of the virus and then find out what pathogens kill it they they kill it they create a synthesized version of that they inject it a dead version of the virus into you and then your body creates pathogens to destroy it so that when the live virus enters you 
you're good to go. Um, the problem with that, of course, is that they need the live virus to synthesize and it takes a long time. They, they have to learn how to kill the virus in a lab and that's not as easy as like your body being able to kill it. So I think the plasma reach is because the people who have recovered are going to have those antibodies and pathogens present in their plasma and that'll help fast track them creating a synthesized version. Um, just a guess, I could be wrong on this, but there's a lot of talk about uh, just the wait times for that. So alright, now I got that out of the way, I want to just real quick uh, touch on the meat of what I wanted this podcast to be. Uh, and I have to take you back to a little story, so I'm not going to use names, um, I didn't get consent for that. Uh, I did, however, get the okay. To, to mention her, her gender, she, her preferred pronouns, I guess, and I'm going to use those. But back in February, I went to a reptile expo, my very first one, uh, in Hamburg, which I guess claims to be a pretty renowned one, a well-known one. I don't know. I, I haven't been to many, so I couldn't tell you. It was, it was fairly large. There was a lot of vendors, and it was a really neat experience. Um, I wasn't there to buy a reptile. I was there to buy some tarantulas. If you go on my Instagram or YouTube, you know my, my love for the creepy crawlies. And um, so as we're walking around, she was looking at uh, little ball python morphs. And ball pythons are these African snakes. They're small pythons. They don't get much bigger than three or four foot at the very most. But they come in a lot of different colors. A lot of people have bred the morph genes to make them just ridiculously beautiful. And there were tables and tables of ball pythons of just about every morph that they made. And she just kind of like offhand made the comment like, oh, I'd love to have a little ball python of my own. Like it would be so cool to get like a banana morph and I could just hang out with it. And at the time, um, it was weird. I, I, I don't know why I was in this headspace, but I was just kind of like, well, I have a ball python. You know, if, if you want to play with a ball python, like, you know, I've had Rosa for 27 years now. Now, she's not a morph. She's a, a natural, uh, what they would call wild type ball python. But, you know, she's more than welcome to come over and play with my snake. Haha. <laughs> yeah, everybody caught that. Moving on. Um, so I kind of like, for no real reason, was just like, oh, well, you know, I know you like plants, why don't you, w wouldn't it be cool to set up a really cool terrarium and like fill it with geckos? Like, geckos are a really easy first reptile if you're just breaking into that. And I thought, you know, what would be cooler than a, a giant, uh, vivarium or a terrarium full of plants and running water and a gecko and... All that kind of fun stuff. and So, you know, being... I'm not quarantined. I should point out I'm very much at work. But I'm still swimming in my own head because even though I'm going to work and I'm coming home and my routine isn't as disrupted as most people, I'm not getting the contact I used to. I'm not going out. I'm not seeing other people. I'm self-quarantining as well as any essential worker can. But... It leaves you a lot of time to swim in your head. And I started ruminating on this conversation that we had. And 
I came to the conclusion that I was wrong. Like, you know, she brought up this this want to kind of get something and make it her own. And for some reason, I was just like, ah, you know, been there, done that. You know, I know more than you know. My knowledge in this area is absolute, and I know it's wrong for you, and you should go do X. And I find that a lot of people love doing that. It's it's this weird built-in feature, I think, humans have where we just... We, we mean well. I think I don't think it's always some behavior that makes us like want to smack each other down. It's kind of like we want to prove to the person how smart we are and how diverse our knowledge is. And so we, we surmise their personality and their wants and likes that we know of them. And then we boil this down to this perfect thing that we think that would suit them so much better. So it's, you know, it's wrong. It's, it's, if somebody says, you know, I want to go get a Mustang, I'm not going to jump for joy. I don't like Mustangs, but you know, I, I shouldn't smack anybody down for it. So I had a conversation with her about this a little while ago and I apologized and I was just kind of like, you know, if a ball python is something you want, don't listen to me. Like, they're great snakes, they're great beginner snakes, they're great beginner reptiles, they're very pretty, and frankly, as cool as a gecko terrarium would be, it'd be a lot of work, and I don't know that it would be any better or worse a fit for you. And and then we started talking, and, and I said to her, you know, how many people truly knows what makes them happy? And she had said, like, you know, I you know things that make her happy like knitting and her cats or this that and the other and I was like it's funny if you told me pick one thing that makes you happy it wouldn't be a quick answer I don't know that there's any one thing that really sparks joy and trumps so many other things in my life like I really enjoy the buffet that life has to offer. I enjoy the variety of my life. Like I like I like my cars, I like my guitars, I like my tarantulas and my pets. I also like hiking in the woods. I like books. I like conversation. I mean, I don't know that I could narrow down one thing that kind of makes me happy. And you know, the more she thought about it, she was like, I don't know that there's one thing I could narrow down that makes me happy. And so we started talking about, you know, observations of each other. And I said, well, you know, I know that your value system is so much different than mine. Like I, I've said it on here before. I'm a shark. I don't stop moving. I constantly am looking for that next task, that next project, the next thing that's going to vibrate the neurons in my brain to fire in a random order and, and overcome some complex problem. Whereas I think, you know, for her, she enjoys peace and tranquility. You know, I come from home, I come home from work and I work a chaotic job and I am so nestled and in love with the chaos. I, I love coming home to chaos. I, I, it's my happy spot. I'm, I'm very comfortable 
in a moving fluid situation but she said you know and expressed that she really enjoys coming home and sitting on the couch and exhaling and knowing that everything that she did at work is done and that you know she can relax and enjoy a program and she doesn't want to be involved with the uptick and care of a bunch of animals like you know it's not it's nothing that she's really looking for and when she brought up the whole oh, it'd be cool to have a ball python for her it was like very conceptual which is alien to me because if any of you knew me in my real life like I will light up about something I'll start talking about the most random thing and that's the precursor to me getting that random thing you know I will I have phases where like I see something that catches my interest and then I research the crap out of it and then I start planning the like how I'm going to get it and then I get it and usually there's no stopping me I may even say like no I'm not gonna get it I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna waste the time or money or energy on that kind of thing but it's it's also I've learned especially over this this time of self-reflection it's it's sometimes a destructive behavior because I think what it is is I hate the mundane and I hate being stuck deep in a neither a hot or a cold situation but just this lukewarm monotonous lifestyle and I need something to shake it up so uh, the most random thing will catch my attention and I start building this pretend life around having it and and interacting with it and all of the problems that it'll come with and and that distraction from the mundane usually in my life it takes it takes roots it grows it never is just an abstract idea you would never hear me say like oh I just you know I really want to get a boa and then not get a boa it just totally be conceptual um well with her you know she conceptualizes a lot of things she she has no problem saying like oh yeah you know I I, I want to go to the ballet someday and that'll be the end of the conversation she has no interest in pursuing that any further and I'm using that as an example I'm not saying that ever happened but it was interesting to to apologize to her because she didn't really think of it as an affront so it was received warmly and then the conversation that like really came out of it and I said you know how many times do we do things because we think other people want us to like how often do we we get caught up in pursuing something on somebody else's behalf because we think that somebody else would want us to do that like I made that comment about well you like plants and you like you know setting plants up in a terrarium and if you want to get a reptile you could mix the two but that was me that was my idea and I'm sure if you think back right now you could probably find some scenario or instance where somebody said something off to you and then you ended up pursuing it because for whatever reason I mean it's I think it's part of the human condition is that you want to be well liked by everybody so you do things 
to garner that attention like somebody makes a suggestion and you do it because you want that person to like you you want to gain some sort of favor like hey i'm i hear the noises your mouth is making i i'm, I'm catching the ideas you're throwing out in the universe and i'm acting on them you know but does that really give us any satisfaction or enjoyment you know when when you when somebody says you know, it'd be cool to have chickens, like I'd love to have my own chickens and eat my own eggs every day. That's great, but have you ever taken care of chickens, the work that goes into chickens, you know, during the, the summer months, during the, the extreme winter months, because, you know, chickens last a couple years. There's work that goes into making somebody else's comment come to fruition, and then you end up in it, and if that's not giving you joy, if that's not providing you something, you know, now you're stuck with a bunch of chickens that you don't want, and I'm using this simply as an example, but you could find yourself so deep down a rabbit hole, is what I'm saying, that you're not, you're not pursuing the things that make you happy. And that was a conversation that also organically grew from this, was just kind of taking inventory. How many of us really sit there and think about the things that make us happy? You know, I, I mentioned a few, like, you know, liking my cars and liking my, my animals and liking this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, how many things really, really, truly make me happy? What are the things, like, I like experiences more than I like possessions. I'm not going to be one of those people that has a house full of knickknacks. I'm going to have a sparse house, and I'm going to have a driveway full of things for me to go do stuff. Um, but we have to take that inventory because like, maybe I like the, the image of owning a boat and going out on a boat and doing boat stuff. But do I really want all the upkeep of a boat? Do everything that comes along with it is, is, does all of that stuff really add enough to my life that it makes the initial investment worth it? And that's, I think where people kind of go into this weird zone where like we get things or we, we chase ideas and then they don't go anywhere and we feel guilty about them and that compounds to the sadness that we have with these items it's like really taking the time to take inventory about what brings you joy and then pursuing them like okay you know, if you if you really value just that time at the end of the day where you can sit down and put on your favorite show or read your favorite book or listen to music and light some candles, why are you not doing that? And it was another branch of this conversation where I was like, you know, there are things that we don't do because we're afraid of the perception. Like she expressed, well, I don't do that as much as I'd like because I feel people think I'm lazy if I do. People think that if I come home after work and I sit down and I just watch TV though I go to bed, you know, that's taboo. That's I'm not allowed to, to do that because I'm not being a productive member of society. And I think we do carry some of these these hang-ups. Like, you know, people maybe you want to get a motorcycle but you know the stigma around it and like your family just shames you like oh don't get a motorcycle i don't want my baby to die blah 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 blah. they're really dangerous 
But, you know, maybe that's, maybe to you, that's something important. That's something special. That's something that's going to light your life up. And I, I find myself thinking about this as we're stuck kind of just to ourselves or maybe one other person or our families, you know, our kids. You're, you're kind of in this position now, this unique position where we can all slow down and we can think about the things that make us who we are. And I think that if we, we objectively and look at if we objectively look at our lives, if we step back, kind of like before, we I talked about doing that breathing exercise where you focus on your breathing, but when another thought pops in your head, you don't judge yourself for not being focused. And maybe that's what we need to do in other areas of our lives. Maybe this time that we have where the social distractions are forbidden just about, you know, they, they're not happening. Why not take this time, this gift that we have, and think about who we are, what drives us, what motivates us, and not in a judgmental way, not in a, you know, I need to, I need to be X for somebody else, or I, you know, I, I don't like this part of my life. Like, like really objectively think about it, because when I sit there and I think about all the things that I, I know about myself, the, the swimming in chaos, you know, are there harmful bits to that? Probably. Is it totally harmful? It does, is it, it, it to work at 5,000 RPMs all the time, is that really going to shorten my life or diminish it? I, I don't know, maybe, but if it makes me happy, if having that active lifestyle gives me purpose and drive, and it fulfills me, then it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody else says. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to get the comments like, oh, what do you mean you only sleep five hours a night? Like, how do you, you know, the, the CDC recommends this. You're a science guy. You know what? I don't, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll take your criticism and your advice and for what it's worth. I guess that's okay. But, you know, I know what works for me. And I think it's important right now, while we have this time, that we kind of use that. I know people are, like, talking about what people did. You know, uh, Isaac Newton invented calculus while he was self-quarantined. And some people are taking college classes. And some people are learning sign language or another language. And those are all great things if they add to your life in a positive way. And you're doing them because they make you happy. But what is never going to make you happy is doing things that you think other people are going to be impressed by. And this seems like the most rudimentary schoolyard after school special like podcast I've ever done. But I'm being serious that in that we don't do this. We don't really take inventory. We don't think about the things that excite us. And if we do, there's shame or there's some associated guilt or, you know, somebody else's influence over us is driving us in a direction that, frankly, isn't going to benefit us. And the other thing I would say is look at what you're putting out into the universe. I am uh, an extrovert. I'm a very strong, opinionated person. I don't hold people, at least I don't think I hold people to the same standards that I do. You know, I have a very 
strict standard for how I operate. But I certainly, if asked my opinion, I don't hold that back and I never pull any punches. Like I certain, I, I value honesty almost to an irreverent extent. Not, I don't ever intend to hurt somebody's feelings, but you know, going back to that rec- reptile expo, circling back, you know, my thought wasn't about what would make them happy. My thought, I think, was I wanted to impress them with my knowledge, my knowledge about them. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that I was negatively commenting on how they lived. I just took what I knew from them, took what I knew from the reptile world. And I thought, oh, well, I'll mash these things two together. And this is the perfect scenario for that person. But as well-intentioned as that was, I never looked at my position of that person. You know, how do they perceive me? Am I, am I somebody that influences them greatly? Am I somebody that's going to hold sway over their life? And are they going to do the things that they think I want them to do to impress me? And it's it's weird if you look at how diametrically opposed those two things are, but how they meet in the middle and create this perfect storm where nobody's happy. You know, how often do we do that? Are we, are we putting out into the universe truly what we want to get back? Would we want somebody telling us what's perfect for us? Or do we want to go and discover that on our own and enjoy that and just, just be a part of this life? I don't know. I, I think I've made some arguments. Um, I want to keep this podcast short because I've had some long ones. Uh, the feedback I got from last week's uh, on-time episode was a little harsh. And, you know, I think maybe I expected that to a degree. Um, I fiddle a little bit with journalism in the way I present this. And I'm not a journalist, neither trained nor by any stretch of the means. And it's hard for me not to talk about the goings-on when the biggest going-on in anybody's life is this, this virus that's spreading across the world. So I am promising that I'm going to try to keep it light, that it's not always going to be about this. And in all honesty... I'm hoping that by 5-9, we're not talking about this at all. We're on to other things. You know, maybe we can talk money. Uh, Maybe we can talk about what it was like to go do something that we couldn't do during quarantine. You know, I've asked people on Twitter and, and, and in real life, like, you know, what is the first thing you want to do when all this lifts? And it's funny the ranges of answers. And it's also funny that most people have the same answer. Like everybody just wants to go to a sit-down restaurant and be waited on and have food come to them and drinks come to them and not have to do anything for it. And it's, I don't know. I don't know what the first thing I'm going to do when all this lifts. But I guess I got a whole month to plan it out. So thank you so much again. um, If you don't, Follow me on Twitter at CappinJDP. I'm on Instagram at uh, JoshDep5. You know, I'm trying to, again, set up a web page for this podcast and I want to have a, a contact information there so you can send me your thoughts and concerns or feedback. Uh, I just want you to know I really appreciate everybody 
who listens to me and supports this and it is going to grow and it's just going to keep getting better and it's not always going to be about the rona and it's you know this i like this i like just having a fireside chat where maybe you just get to know about the way i think and who i am stay safe out there keep your distance and i'll see you next wednesday i'll pretend that i'm kissing the lips i am missing and hope that my dreams will come true and then while i'm away i'll write home every day and i'll send all my loving to you all my loving i will send to you all my loving darling i'll be true close your eyes and i'll kiss you tomorrow i'll miss you remember i'll always be true and then while i'm away i'll write home every day and i'll send all my loving to you all my loving i will send to you all my loving, darling, I'll be true. All my loving, all my loving, all my loving, I will send to you.